1: Coach, we're ready to play. This is the sporting record here at 3C R. My name's John A. Tate. James Tate's on the buttons and dials. Howdy, howdy. M Collard's the star of the show. And <laughs> we have some VIP guests in the corporate box. We do. We overlooking do. the stadium here. <laughs> yep, Glenn and here. Phil. Yep. Fry Big time From the
2: great city of Newcastle So thanks for watching gang And thanks for listening in to the Sporting Record Here on 855am 3CR on your dial uh, We've got just, a lot to uh, get to today
1: Yeah, I'll just thank Carl and and the kids yep. At uh, Dinosaur Prize Surprise I must get that birthday song on him cause, off him Because there's someone else's birthday coming up Yes, oh. uh,
2: and some unknown person So we've got a blockbuster show today After a blockbuster show on Dinosaur Prize Surprise But uh, first, we'll get into an acknowledgement And then get into it
0: Before we get started on today's episode, the sporting record, would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional custodians of the land from which we broadcast this program and on which much of our local sport is played. We'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present and acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. We would also like to acknowledge the incredible contribution of First Nations athletes to this country's sporting life.
2: Well said, M. So to start the program today, there's been some breaking news around Australia. Sporting Record breaking news. Sporting Record We're back. breaking news. Uh, we talk a lot about you know the negative impacts that sports gambling, advertising, and the general gambling uh, industry has on sport and you know local communities around the country. And a parliamentary committee into online gambling released their report today, called "You Win Some, You Lose More." with 31 recommendations to the government on how the industry should be regulated and overseen about how we can make our country a bit better with a bit less gambling. So... I'll go through a few of the major recommendations, because we talk a lot about this on The Sporting Record. And the recommendations seem to align with what we think, which is lovely. (laughs) Um, I like to think that The Sporting Record had a big say in this. Absolutely. We were brought
0: in as expert witnesses. (laughs) Yeah, we we weren't, but we were there (laughs) in spirit.
2: So what it looks like is, first off, a phased ban over three years on all gambling advertising.
0: I'll a phased ban.
2: Phased ban on all. So phased means it'll happen in four steps mm-hmm. over three years. And what that looks like is gradually limiting how many uh, online gambling advertisements on TV and radio and the such, um, so that the, the companies and the organizations who rely on that revenue, for example, the AFL, they have time to find other sources of revenue so it doesn't leave them in the dark. That's the reason for a... Th- three-year phased ban mm-hmm. so it starts off with for example uh prohibiting social media and online advertising and ads during school drop-off and pick-up times that's phase one then it goes to phase two all online gambling advertising and commentary on odds during and on either side of a sports broadcast over an hour banned that's phase two hmm. and it goes on phase like that.
1: one that would have been better Yes, yes. That's the the one
2: that irritates me the most. Yeah, the faster the better in my eyes, but I Mm. do understand that, you know, the AFL and other organisations, they will be left in the lurch. Uh, They shouldn't be taking money from these companies to begin with,
0: Mm.
2: nonetheless. So that's one. Just go on to a a couple others. Uh, National Ombudsman to deal with complaints about the industry. That's fair enough. A single government minister for online gambling harm reduction. A national strategy overall for online gambling harm reduction. Uh, and a total ban on inducements, which are rewards programs and things like bonus bets and early cash-out options and stuff, mm. which minimise the amount of risk that gambling is supposedly having. You know, mm. oh, yeah, I can get my money back. Oh, great. But really, it's it's just a disguise for the risks. So those are the recommendations. They are recommendations only mm. put to government. And now we wait to see if Elbow and the gang what they're going to do with this.
0: So there's every likelihood that they can say, we acknowledge that, but we're not going to do anything yeah, about Yeah,
2: and I think this report is fantastic, mm. but I I have very little expectations of Albo and the gang. Um, government has a pretty poor track record of, of accepting recommendations in full. There'll be you know, a
1: lot of lobbying between
2: now and then. There's a lot of lobbying that goes on, you know, and some of the opponents... Of these recommendations, are Free TV Australia, who say it's knee jerk. It's knee
0: jerk. Oh, knee-jerk, here we go. According yeah. to
2: Free TV Australia. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, because they rely on this yeah. revenue, of course. Of course. Of uh, course. The
0: Responsible
2: ra- Wagering Australia <laughs> organization. That seems like a bit of an
0: oxymoron, but which sure. uh,
2: represents some of the giants of the gambling industry, says it goes too far. Surprise, surprise they'd say that. Interestingly, Tab Corp supports all the recommendations. Which is strange, that but when, when you strange. look into it, people are saying they support it because they're motivated by a keenness to protect their market share. Oh. So if you bring all these in now, Tabcorp stays the number one in the market and the other ones can't take some of that market share. So that's all very interesting.
0: That is interesting. It's good. It's nice that, like, obviously we need to wait and see whether... the. Um recommendations are accepted or implemented, but it it's a it's good moves, it's good steps towards harm um, minimisation because um, we're I think significant like the second we're the worst country in the world for gambling, and second is a far distant from us. we we're, we're really it's a huge issue, so this is really yeah. good to see that something's happening. To repeat, Australia is the biggest gambling country
2: in the world, mm. and with these ads peppering the TVs and the like. You know, no wonder.
0: Yeah, absolutely. What do you think about that
2: John as the baby boomer rev- <laughs> Yeah, I
1: am I'm curious. Well, I find uh, I find the advertising isn't targeting or isn't targeting old blokes like me. It's yeah. targeting targeting mm-hmm. the young crowd. Yeah. You know, bet with your mates. Mm. It's fun. This is how you have fun with your mates. Yeah. Yeah. This is how you become a popular young person. They, yeah, well,
0: especially getting in um there's a a very popular um, social media influencer duo called the Inspired Unemployed who have done a few gambling ads with Shaq, Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. And they, I think, have quite a big, you know, young Australian audience as, you know, the Inspired Unemployed, these two young guys from the South Coast in New South Wales. And they started doing them. And that was disappointing um, to see because I think that's, you know, it's bringing in that, the exact type that you're saying, John, like people yeah, bet with your mates and it's cool to do that. And like ha, it, it, make it a group activity or whatever. It's more enjoyable. To, I'm not yeah. going to
1: miss Shaq O'Neill on the telly. No, you're
2: not going to miss Shaq. He's everywhere, isn't gambling.
1: he? It drives me mad. Hey, oh, the, younger,
2: the younger audiences love him. They yeah. idolise him, do they? They, they love all him. All seven Big foot. So of him. just for a bit of context, there are a couple regulations and laws in line about gambling, advertising and the like that, they seek to drastically improve from, Mm. Um, and they are, currently, gambling ads cannot be aired within five minutes of the start and ends of sports games, with the exceptions, with the exceptions including, they're allowed to have a representative promote the odds, but not actively call to action... Gambling to do that during the
0: game. So is that why that person they get that person in and they're like, okay, yeah. they're in the in the suit and they're like, here's the odds. I was, I was, was very strange. Brownie from sportsbet. Yeah. You know. Oh well, because so, I was thinking like that doesn't make any sense. I still see gambling stuff all the time, but it's because it's that person being like, yes, here are the odds. So they're allowed to do that as long as that representative
2: is not at the ground physically and is not actively in the commentary team. That's the laws as it yeah, stands. Nice. Well, that,
0: that, that's silly because all of this is about online platforms that it doesn't matter where you're off. You could have commentary teams, especially during COVID, you had them like interstate commentating yeah. a game. Like that doesn't make it – who cares? <laughs> yeah. That doesn't make any sense. Laws
2: and regulations around this are weak at the moment mm. and these recommendations would be welcome. Absolutely. So, so, so my favourite
1: show on, footage show on TV is The Front Bar. Yeah. And probably the most popular sex- section – I'm having difficulty speaking today, but anyway, <laughs> the, the most popular segment is their their mix multi, which is just an elongated gambling ad. Yeah, which uh, is quite piss poor. I know, but I, I, it does amuse me. At the end of that segment, uh, they there is the the obligatory gambling responsible. Oh yeah, the message. gamble responsibly
0: Yeah, I thought that message was getting changed to something Or maybe that's in New South Wales It's getting changed to something quite a bit more Yeah, they're, um, they're rolling them out at this point Or was it, maybe it was South Australia A state is doing something that has changed it to be like Gamble responsibly to something like Quite a more, much more intense messaging yeah. But it's still allowing gambling I think answer. the speaker
1: needs to be more animated Like at the moment he says oh, Win some, lose more I'd rather him say, what well, you win some, you lose more." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you should. Do- <laughs> I don't think that would be more effective. Oh, absolutely, but you know they don't have to do that. <laughs>
2: yes, so plenty of work to do in this area. So yeah. we'll wait and see. We'll report back on that development. Watch this space. Future sporting record episode. Breaking news. Uh, but <laughs> the other big story this week, which we're very proud of, and it's a good news story, is the women's ashes. Uh, Australia had a huge
0: win. Mm. with
2: some historic performances.
0: Oh yeah. What have you got there Em? Oh yeah, we do. We have um during this week we had the the Ashes test between England and Australia of the women's team. Um and a fan, that's just such a good win And so good after the men winning as well It's like will England ever win a test again Who knows it went
1: the full five days yeah. in
0: And this is the thing hey? This is what I was saying We need the full five days to have a good game And that's exactly what happened So we had Ash Gardner come in And have a record-breaking performance Which is awesome So mm. had um, eight wickets in Or six Eight, 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 in wickets, innings, eight, yeah. eight wickets in an in innings and 12 for the whole match, mm. both of which were record-breaking figures, um, which yeah. is fantastic to see. Ash Gardner is also a First Nations player, so it's great to see her absolutely giving it to the English on many levels.
1: And on every wicker taken, uh, she doesn't go overboard. She just uh, does a few high fives and gets on with the business. Yeah.
2: Humble, happy, big smile. <laughs> Absolutely. Like no F words in sight. Yeah. <laughs> Look you, in, Ollie Robinson. Which is in stark contrast to some of the English players. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the English are fine. They're great people. Uh, <laughs> other, other big performances for the game included um, Ash Sutherland. It's Ash, isn't it? Uh Yeah, we'll go with I that. Think so. oh. Uh hundred and thirty seven not out. I've got the scorecard in front of me and it's only got first initials.
0: Well that's rude. So isn't that's it? bad
2: for us people who struggle remembering names. So hundred and thirty seven not out, which is a huge performance in the first innings. And we've got Beth Mooney with eighty five in the second innings, which is some uh, some big scores. But yeah, Ash Gardner with twelve wickets for the game—the second best bowling performance ever in a Test, I believe. Yes. Uh, the The greatest was thirteen wickets by an Indian player, so almost got there. How good's that? So yeah.
0: good. So the best figures in an innings is near to David, David, um, eight for fifty three in nineteen ninety five, and then Ash Gardner comes in with eight for sixty six, and then best figures in a match is Shaisa Khan. 13 for 226 against the West Indies in 2004 and then Ash Gardner 12 for 165 against England which is pretty massive the
2: the the Australian best record that Ash Gardner broke was Elise Perry I believe the goat mm. who had 7 for 7 <laughs> which is dominant <laughs> it's, it's quite dominant so for the uh, for the non cricket aficionados out there when we say 7 for 7 that means seven wickets. So you have got seven players out with great balls for seven runs. So for one wicket per one run, it's pretty absurd in cricket world. So when I say dominant, that they'll try to uh, try to. That's almost an understatement.
0: That. Seven for seven is is absurd. Yes, absurd. (laughs) So, I mean, this game is the first game of
2: the Women's Ashes, the only test game, but it was five days long, which Mm. in women's test cricket is something that doesn't happen very often at all.
0: I think it's the first time they've done that.
2: Yeah. In fact. Which is fantastic. Mm. And players have been calling for a five-day game, and we get a fantastic five-day game straight off the bat, excuse the pun, Mm. which just says to the world that, yeah, let's bring in five-day
0: tests. All around the world for women. Yeah. Also, just an interesting fact for you, with this test that's just been played, Elise Perry has now equaled half the number of test matches for Australia that Cameron Green has played in. And (laughs) she debuted for Australia, like, you know, more than a decade ago. And Cameron Green debuted 2020-ish. so Something like that, yeah. Just, um, it's an interesting food for thought. A fact for you all. Well, well, a
2: lot of lot of lot of room to go, mm. but we're doing all right. And mm. you know, the men's ashes started last night. Australia's off to a good start. The second
0: don't... second test. Yeah,
2: yeah, mm. the second test. But we don't really need to talk about that because the mainstream media covers that and covers the shit out of stuff like yeah, that. Yeah,
0: if you just Google Australia v England, it'll come up, but the women's won't. So yeah. there's your update. I do
1: have an ashes question for you, which I'll give you the answer after the break. Okay. After the break. Why does the crowd in the Barmy Army mm-hmm. sing the song Jerusalem at the start of every test? And I think at the start of every day. Jerusalem. Why do they sing that song? Well, that's Sorry,
0: a- how did it go again, John?
1: Jerusalem, <laughs> Jerusalem. <laughs> well, Could la- not tell you. Later in the show, I have the will- Emerson, Lake and Palmer version here. To yes, play.
2: later in the show you will hear Jerusalem live on 3CR.
1: And I will have an answer to that quandary. Fantastic, we looking forward to it. First, a few community announcements.
2: This year's Eco-Socialism Conference,
0: A World Beyond Capitalism, is on the first weekend of July.
2: Activists from around the world will gather at Victorian Trades Hall to discuss the intersection between the ecological,
1: economic and political crises of our time.
2: The event is open to everyone, so come along and be part of the struggle for a better world.
1: Find out more information on
2: panels and speakers and get your tickets today at ecosocialism.org.au.
0: A 3CR supporter.
1: Items you put into plastic bags can't be recycled. Try using a tub or container to collect your recycling to avoid plastic bags. When you correctly sort your recycling into your bin loose and not in a bag, it can be turned into things like planter boxes, park benches and tables. They might seem small, but your actions make a big impact. Find out more at sustainability.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.
0: A 3CR supporter.
1: Right, we're back. How's it going in the corporate box, Lynn and uh, Phil? Yeah, thumbs Thumbs up. Also, for contacts,
0: they're my parents. (laughs) They're not just some randoms we've uh, roped in for them. They are major sponsors of (laughs) the sporting record. They are major sponsors of the sporting (laughs) record. In the corporate box. In the corporate box, yeah. Now,
1: we're about to break a sporting record rule. Oh. We don't do footy tips. Yeah, well, we just records.
0: spent 10 minutes talking about how we don't endorse gambling, but all uh, right. Yeah, well,
1: tips aren't gambling, it's just you know showing off your, your, your sporting knowledge, although it can have a prize at the end, I suppose. Hmm. But anyway, um, it's a, I wanted to talk about the buy in the AFL, which has gone over four weeks.
2: Usually it goes over three, isn't that right? Yeah,
1: but most people seem to hate it from all the commentary around um, for many, many reasons. But it's an interesting phenomenon, and it's been confirmed this year that every team that comes off the bye loses. All right? The only two teams that have won coming off a bye are Collingwood and St Kilda, but they were playing a team coming off the bye. Ah, oh, so every yeah. other team up till now coming off a bye has lost this season. Interesting. Now, four uh, six teams had a bye last week, last weekend. So I'm going to predict that the results for next week okay. based on that one factor. Okay. Right? So I'm predicting that Hawthorne will beat Carlton. Mm. Um, Adelaide will beat North Melbourne. Not much of a risk there. Yeah. Oh, geez. Uh, Fremantle will beat the Western Bulldogs. Yep. That could be an upset. Yep. yep. Melbourne will beat GWS.
0: Yep. yep. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Brisbane will beat Richmond.
0: Oh. Interesting. Uh, but the big one, Where...
1: Essendon will beat Port Adelaide. Unbelievable. Oh. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Port Adelaide. They're coming off a bye. They're coming over here to Melbourne. Essendon are ready for them. Oh,
0: well, I mean, I did watch the Essendon's game last weekend against Freo. Uh, well, they were coming
1: off a bye and they were terrible. Yeah, they were terrible. They were terrible. Fumbling. They were turning the ball over. They were rusty. What's
0: the purpose of the bye?
1: Well, to to give the teams a little break in the middle of the season. I I don't know. Yeah. I have a suggestion, though. Okay. Let's go back to having... If they want a bye, you're going to like this, Tim. If if they're going to have a bye, have it uh, just over one week. Every team has a week off. Mm -hmm. Make it after round 17. So every team's played each other once. So you get a feel for where everyone's at. Yes. Have the bye... And in that week is round one of the AFLW, oh. so they get a clear week to launch AFLW season.
0: And also, that would probably fill in there. Phil's
1: nodding. Phil's nodding.
0: Yeah, he Dad. Likes it. Dad, like, all right, it's decided. That's what's happening. <laughs> the major but sponsors it, agree. Well, that I would. I was going to say, like, from a money, I'm sure that part of it is they want to continue flow of money by not having a full week off. But at the same time. If they're having launching AFLW, then that's a good solution to that. And I also think that launching the AFLW in the middle of final seasons, like even for me last year, it was hard to like kind of switch brain from teams that are like ex- on, on the precipice of finals and like having that all that build up to the start of a new season, like people kind of just gelling into yeah. teams again and it's hard to go from one to the other, I think, of like – one, you know, the vibe of the men's is everyone's like really ramping up, teams are solidified, cultures are set. That's what's happening to like, oh, we're starting again and it's hard to kind of go between the two. And I think yeah. they lost a lot of momentum, in my opinion, last year doing that. Momentum's the
2: word, isn't there? It's a the momentum that's with a season. Yeah. And when you, you, you hamstring the, the, the women's competition by mm. putting it bang in the middle of the finals when you start it. Yeah. Interesting idea, John. I've got yeah. a little
1: beef as well. I'll get this out of it quickly. Yeah. Uh, I'm a, I've bought my membership for the Essendon AFLW team again. Yep. Good boy. Not because I wanted to, because oh. it automatically got taken out of my account. Oh, no. It's an opt-out. You've got oh. to opt-out if oh. you don't want it. Well, do you, like you want not? it? Well, I do. But, you know, <laughs> that's not the point. You know, that's, that's so rude that my footy club just feels that they can take the money.
0: If it makes you feel any better, that's the same with... The swans, yeah. they just—they just like, just oh, we'll assume it. you're in again.
1: Anyway, that's it. That's my beef of the week. Beef it, of the week.
2: It's—it seems shithouse, but that's how they get more memberships than they could otherwise by employing tactics like that. Yeah, yeah,
0: assuming that, like, you know, if they don't do that, people will be like, oh, yeah, I will. I won't actually opt mm-hmm. back in for the mm-hmm. season. All right. Well, a bit of a code switch again, um, but we had the. Men's NBA draft recently, the 2023 NBA draft, and we have a number one pick in Victor Webinyama who went to the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. And this guy is seven foot, what, three or something? He, He's shoot.
2: seven five, almost seven six. Oh. And so there's a big hubbub in the basketball world because mm. this guy is a Basically an alien Yes No one's ever seen anyone This tall But who is So skillful And can move
0: So skill Handles are incredible Incredibly agile Has a very quick Jump shot And like shot Because it Obviously the tall you are It takes more time To actually physically Push the ball up To shoot And he's very quick with it I've seen him Rebound his own Three attempt By With one step To the To the rim It's ridiculous Anyway Not the point of bringing it up, but, you know, it's great to see that... And also, he's European. He's from France, so European. Great to see non-American talent going in and and stirring pot. But the other thing is, in the women's um, NBA competition at the draft this year, the number one pick was Aliyah Boston. Mm. And so the reason why I want to bring this up today is I'd like for you two to have a little punt, I guess at what you think the salary for Aliyah was as the number one draft pick in the WNBA. Right. Number one pick, mm. uh, salary for one year? Yep. Wow. Starting starting salary. In the biggest women's
2: basketball league in the world, I'm going to go with a million.
0: A million? What do you reckon, John?
1: I think uh, 999,000.
0: Oh. Oh, all right. Interesting. Oh. Also interesting, considering we know that Brittany Griner, big star, only earns two hundred k. Ah, well. So bold. What do you? What do we think that Victor got as w- Webanyama as uh, starting salary in
2: comparison? I would have thought about five million starting player. Start low. You know, off you go.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred ninety nine thousand. Oh. <laughs> All right. Who's the closest? Um. Well,
0: I guess. Jimmy's the closest for Weminyama, and you're the closest for Alaya Boston. Yeah, but um, Alaya' starting salary is one hundred and ten thousand dollars. One hundred and ten. That's it. That's it. One hundred and ten k. And Victor is eighteen point two million dollars. Oh. Um, so quick maths. Quick maths. His point two is. Eighty is ninety grand more than what she's going to be earning. Let alone the eighteen million dollars on top of that.
2: So that's over a hundred and eighty times. Is that oh, bad maths? Quick
1: maths. maths. Oh, no, it's just—it's more than I've ever done in my load. lifetime. Yeah, that's, that's,
2: a that's a pretty horrible parody in terms of the the wages. That's that's that So You got the calculator out. I'm
0: getting the calculator out. I'm I'm just want to see how. It's all. It's almost pretty. It's almost pretty good. It's um, you're pretty close. It's nineteen point eight is million is one hundred eighty times her salary. There you go. So good job, Jimmy. Good work, me. But yeah, I think just something more to point out and yeah. say. There's still even in the wake of the Brittany Griner situation, and acknowledging that one of the reasons she was in Russia and detained there was because she was trying to earn more money as yeah. a professional athlete. Just yeah. things to consider um, in terms of women's wages and. Just also the ridiculousness of American sports generally. That's huge. For a rookie,
1: huge. So so why does the Barmy Army sing Jerusalem? Yes, I've got to get this in. We've got to get get it in. in. Why does the
2: Barmy Army sing Jerusalem? Well,
1: Jerusalem started as a poem written by William Blake in 1804. Mm -hmm. It's a very patriotic English song, even though it's called Jerusalem. A hundred years later, it was put to music. And they sing it because, as I said, it's a very patriotic English song. Uh, it's based on a legend that Jesus of Nazareth travelled to England with his uncle Joseph Arimathea sometime in his earthly life. <laughs> to England. Yeah, that's a, it was a bit of a myth, a bit of a legend. Big trip. So, what the song is saying is, England's such a wonderful, beautiful place. When Jesus comes back in the sec- with the second coming, mm-hmm. as has right. been predicted by the prophets. Uh, Why doesn't he come to England and set up the kingdom of God, set up the new Jerusalem in England? And that's... That's what the song's all about. That's what the Barmy Army... And And that's that's why the the Barmy Army sing it, because England is so wonderful. Well... Good enough for the Lord.
2: Well, I have to fundamentally disagree with (laughs) the Barmy Army
0: there. Oh, that's hilarious. They
1: probably don't even know that. They just sing the song because it's patriotic, you know.
2: That's a good tidbit, John. Well yeah. done on the trivia. Tidbit. So
1: we've got Emerson Lake and Palmer's version to play as we as we leave.
2: As we leave, we've got Emerson Lake and Palmer's pretty crazy version. I imagine <laughs> they're a pretty crazy <laughs> oh, band. Can't wait for
0: that. We've got one, one
2: more news story. Here we go. Which is a nice uh, a nice one in the sport of ten pin bowling. <laughs> oh, here we go. Oh, yes, yes. We've got good an Australian. Story. We've got an Australian breaking records in ten pin bowling. Can you believe it? So Jason Belmonte uh, became the first ever player. To roll three perfect 300 games on live TV.
0: Whoa. And so he, that means three perfect games is like... Didn't miss a pin. 30 perfect, yeah. like, strikes, yeah, all strikes. 30 strikes in a row. And he's
1: a two-handed bowler. Oh, what, what does that mean? Well, he, well, doesn't, like, he doesn't stick his fingers in the holes. He just bowls it two-handed. Oh,
2: So there you go. he's a 29-year-old who hails from New South Wales' town of Orange. Orange. And his parents built a 10-pin bowling alley just weeks after he was born, and he rolled his first ball when he was 18 months old. So good on you, Jason. Huge. And on that note, we'll uh, we'll leave you with uh, Jerusalem by Emerson Lake and Palmer, but we have to say we don't think England's as good as this song says. (laughs) So there you go. Thank you for listening to Sporting Record, everybody. You can catch us on all podcast platforms and all that business. Have a good week.
1: Time walk upon England's mountains green, and was the Holy Lamb of God on England's pleasant pastures seen, and did the cow?